Hello, Odefest listeners. Welcome back. It is season seven, episode 20. Yo. Yeah, we're already ah. here. I didn't think we'd make it to 20. Oh, wait. No, that's not true at all. <laughs> 720. Do something. We literally decided to record like five minutes ago. Heck yeah. Impromptu um, decisions are the correct ones. Yes. Always. With me, I have, as you've already heard, Nancy Hi. and Angelo. Hello. And Dio. Hi. Welcome back. How's everybody doing today? Great, well, I hope. I'm it's a nice Sunday. Right. It, the weather's right. been really nice. I went out for like a three-hour walk the other day. Nice. I was asking the audience. I haven't well, heard a cool. response. I yet. am the audience. <laughs> and a speaker. Yeah. But also I'm every, the audience. I am every view and listen. <laughs> you are everyone in this universe. Yes. Uh, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, uh, we'd like to announce something. We're <gasps> very proud to announce our very first guest. Alex Cade. Yay! Huzzah! This duo from Toronto have quickly made a name for themselves in the EDM, TikTok, and anime community since debuting in the summer of 2020, with over 2.4 million views on their videos where they remix anime openings into into EDM. Alex Cade's unique sound and distinctive use of live instruments in their performances have led to collaborations with many prominent influencers and artists. Check them out on Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok via Alex Cade Music and on Odafest Facebook page. And this is a quick reminder that Odafest 2022 will be a two-day event rather than our traditional three-day event. In keeping the interests with everyone's health, we will be requiring that all attendees have masks and we'll be checking for vaccinations. Yeah. Yay! I'm Exciting Odafest news. I'm I'm excited. I'm super excited. I've come across Alex Cade's stuff just randomly before, and I am actually super excited for Tell to, me. to meet them. Yes. Holy cow. Tell me about this Alex Cade. Are are they like an arcade but with more Alex? Yes. Yeah, sure. If, honestly, if an arcade played their music. That would have be a dope. pretty good time. I'd be I'd be there for that. Like you know how we have a couple of like barcades and brewcades in, yeah. in Calgary now. It'd be cool yes. if they, they played. They his, always have their, like their really hot like bar pumping music. If they had chill music like Alex Cade stuff, I would be very happy about that. Yeah, yes. it would be really good. Like it would especially like because it's a lot of like anime remixes mm-hmm. and anime mixes mm-hmm. that like feature like I, i've been uh, listening to some of their stuff just because i was like ooh, new guest that's exciting and i was like mm-hmm. oh hey this is good listening like this is good like it's edm so it's a little bit peppy but like there's there's the the live instruments and stuff like also yeah. kind of like keeps it nice that is 100 percent my aesthetic yes. and they 100%. i like that they go like they do a little bit of nostalgia and they also do some new stuff like They've remixed for like Demon Slayer, yeah, and uh, like uh, uh, I guess Jujutsu Kaisen isn't as new, but like no. it's, it's a few, like it's a few years old, like, now, yeah, obviously. Years. But it's not it's, it's you wouldn't consider it a classic, right? Yeah, exactly. But, like, the very um, but, like, first song of theirs that I came across was Wonderwall, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I haven't heard this at all in a I long like time, time, right? <laughs> yeah, they also have like right? Inuyasha the, remixes. The recreators opening. No, I'm mm-hmm. thinking something else. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might have. They've done some. Sh- uh, they've done. I think their last show was for Montreal. They did a like a Twitch sort of online show. 
Which is um, super cool. Because it was a non, non-in-person non event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Makes it was sense. pretty hype. Um, yeah. I'm very looking forward to bringing them here physically uh, to OdaFest. And I hope people enjoy. I really want you guys to check out their, like, their TikTok and Insta. Because yeah, just to go, get a taste. Yeah, go get a snippet you know, I'm not saying like you got to add them to your... Like. Most listened to Spotify. <laughs> but, you know, but, go get go get go get yourself the little TikTok sampler yeah. pack and, and and enjoy and and use that to to get you excited for for hearing them live. Because we do research and yeah. we want to bring the good. The we good, like good to bring guests to who our will bring guests. you joy because exactly. we care about you, the patrons. We love. It was good, but yes, mm-hmm. thank you, Alex Cade, and we'll uh, see you soon. So uh, on the topic of gaming, I guess, a uh, pretty big, small thing that sort of happened, you know, just a quick little merger, not much. But just the, 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 the January small thing. Yeah, the, the January thing just equal out to a pretty medium thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Massive new it was like It was just like a couple of, news. you know, just a few just, just billion a, just, dollars. Just a, yeah, exactly. Just a couple billion dollars. Just a little bit of, you know, pocket yeah. change in the, oh. in the my, space my, well, of it's, a, it's true, you know, a, my, a, a so, technology so, giant. Well, my uh, the a little Microsoft news really, and and Microsoft bought them in cash, and like I said, it was just a little bit of pocket change that they found in the couch. It was about yeah. thirty. They had something like Minecraft over a hundred million, uh, hundred mil- billion dollars in in pocket change, so they used about seventy billion dollars of it or something. Yeah, just you to, know, just the, uh, the, 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 the casually and dimes buy that you Blizzard find in the, the back of your of your couch, exactly to buy Activision the- Blizzard. Which is the kind of just the portfolio there is just huge. It is nuts. Like, it is. We don't need to insane. talk about it. There's just so many things yeah. in their portfolio just, that Microsoft now owns. It yes. is just the the biggest. Some of the biggest news in gaming and tech this mm-hmm. week probably. Will and it be was for a surprise, month. I think, to probably almost everybody. Probably will be for this quarter too. Yeah, I think I think nobody saw it coming. It was not something that people you know had on their their 2022 bingo card. Um, no. nope. That Microsoft was going to open up January by uh, buying a huge chunk of the market segment, but you know, it's twenty twenty two. Anything can happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, most people at Microsoft didn't know it was coming. It wasn't even like a discussed internally thing. It was just so a decision that just... was made, and the. I mean, it's not like as as we said earlier. It's not like it's a a, a, a massive chunk of, of change for Microsoft, you know, $70 billion is a lot of money. Yes. But for mm. Microsoft, to us it's really maybe. not. Yeah. My understanding now I'm, I'm no financial person. I don't, I'm not really a money man, you know, but my understanding is that Activision Blizzard had a $50 billion market cap. Uh, basically hmm. it, my understanding is that market cap is basically the valuation of a company. And Microsoft the, the, was just the, like, the, okay, well, what if the we perceived valuation? Yes. What if we go and just spend an extra twenty billion on top of that? What if we just end up spending a, a, a whole thirty-five Minecrafts worth of money on Activision? They cannot Blizzard? say no. They cannot say no if we do this. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the thing is, like, yes, they are they are spending more money than they they personally are perceived to have. But the mm-hmm. thing is, and the, the the likely the likely outcome of this decision is that you know it turns their you know they they're valued at say fifty they they buy something for seventy and they're worth far more than both of those numbers combined at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So 
I've personally been trying to grapple with whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. I'm very undecided, honestly. I think it's just a thing. It's just a thing that's happened. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's a good thing in that, you know, a lot of people have been wanting to see more games change. and they've, you know, a, a whole and, and change just in the industry in general. There's hope that, you know, Microsoft From, um, has a, a, a good reputation when it comes to the gaming space. So maybe it will it will turn into good things for developers yeah. and, and things like yes. that. But at the same time, it also means that now Microsoft has a significant chunk. Um, it's a monopoly. Of the market it's, it's approaching yeah. a monopoly for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. uh, it's not I, a true monopoly. Anyone, me. anyone who actually believes that it's a monopoly is not like true in the technical sense. But it's are they approaching, approaching it. monopoly potentially? But until they actually get there, you can't claim that. Yeah, it's it's approaching it, and and I the think reality is that some people are are uncomfortable with that. Mm-hmm. With with Microsoft owning Blizzard, uh, they still have a ton of in the gaming sphere. I should say. They still have a ton of competition from Sony. They still have a ton of competition from Nintendo. Of course, Sony and Nintendo aren't aren't uh, competing with Microsoft themselves. Just Microsoft Gaming, just like the Xbox division, if you if you would say. But uh, overall, like Microsoft, they've come out and said certain things. Like they they're committed to keeping Call of Duty on on PlayStation, for example. Hmm. Uh, they've already come out and said that. So far, if you want, if you want to trust them, they make it sound like they're going to be doing this in good faith. And from an outside perspective, Activision and Blizzard has seemed really stale, especially Blizzard, for years now. Like it, it, it feels like you don't really see anything coming out of them. So hopefully, hopefully, Microsoft sees an extra twenty billion worth of dollars in in those properties that they have. And maybe soon, maybe Microsoft will kick some butt and uh, we'll get Overwatch 2 and uh, Diablo 4. And And maybe we'll have Master Chief as a DPS class. I mean, anything's possible. And I I do think the thing with Microsoft is I do think when we look at companies that they've been acquiring, right? Um, They Mm -hmm. they also, Microsoft also owns Bethesda. Um, And Zynga now as well. So that's that's a mobile space as well. Does that mean we can get Dovahkiin as a tank? Maybe. But I, I think Microsoft sees that there is a lot of potential in the the IPs belonging to each of these various studios and, and companies. And, mm-hmm. you know, gaming has not slowed down. Despite a pandemic, despite, you know, everything that's going on in the world, gaming has only continued to grow. And I mean, you can look at a company like let's say Riot Games, look at the work that they've been able to do with just their singular IP that has expanded from, you know, one kitschy little little MOBA 10 years ago to now a franchise with a, a, a Netflix series that is the top of streaming platforms and is, and is winning awards um, mm-hmm. and, and multiple spinoff games all based off of this, this IP. I think Microsoft sees that, you know, any IP potentially can have that potential. And lots of the IPs um, underneath Activision Blizzard, underneath Zynga, underneath Bethesda have that potential. And I think they see, you know, the opportunity in in investing in those IPs. Mm -hmm. I think, um, generally speaking, it's it's a smart move um, for them, even though, like, well, I guess you could say that, you know, Activision Blizzard even with all of its issues, 
is still a highly valued company, obviously. And Microsoft is, even though you could arguable, uh, arguably say that they may have overpaid in a sense, they're picking them up at a low point because yeah, their exactly. products aren't doing as well. The reputation has taken a hit. So it's sort of like the buy low, maybe I mean, sell high one day. They have huge liabilities because of all the legal things that they're going through. But at the end of the day, but, yes, but as a company, Microsoft doesn't necessarily have to be embroiled in the same. It's not It's not the same thing. It's a parent company uh, who bought a, uh, who, who has created a new subsidiary, essentially. Exactly. And what it comes down to for them, maybe down, you know, maybe it's five years, 10 years, 20 years, I don't know. But one day, Bethesda doesn't have to exist anymore. Zynga doesn't have to exist anymore. Activision Blizzard doesn't have to exist anymore. They all just become Microsoft Gaming in the same Divisions. way that uh, Nintendo has first-party games. Right? Exactly. So and, and that's all it is to is them. Big money so into I'm, Microsoft Gaming. I'm looking at their their ticker for the last year, and as expected, with a lot of the Microsofts that, or or sorry, oh, Activision okay. Blizzard. Yeah. Just to be clear, and. With this acquisition, they've basically made it back up to where they were before the legal issues hit. Right. Damn. And that's the thing, right? Is it, it gets the the thing is like it at the end of the day, investors see like the thing is invest investors are speculating, right? Mm-hmm. You, pe- people yep, are, are speculating with large amounts of money. When they you see do. a company like Microsoft say, "I'm going to purchase this thing," as an investor, you see. There's a lot of there's a lot of investment being injected into this thing. I want mm-hmm. to get in on this thing before it's too late. And so mm-hmm. uh, it, it doesn't surprise me to see numbers go back up. I think they're only going to continue to climb. I think, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Microsoft has a pretty nice reputation. People, I mean, in the technology space, Microsoft's market segment is is very segmented. Like it is very deep rooted. Yeah. People trust and respect Microsoft. It's, it's and, safe. And and exactly, it's a safe it. investment. It's a safe choice. At and least I it's think, more safe than some silly monkeys. Indeed, and I think um, I think micro like Microsoft Gaming is, is trying to trend in that direction as well, where people are going to see Microsoft Gaming as a safe investment, the way they see investing in Microsoft as a safe yeah. investment. I'm I'm curious though, like obviously for a long period of time as they sort out all the legalities of the transaction, like, um, you know, when they're gonna essentially start creating the gaming division as a as a produ- as a production house, right? Like, um, you know, leadership of Activision Blizzard or Bethesda or anyone else aside, like. Those people will be phased out eventually, just like not in any particular way, but just over time as it is. But they will always need like the game dev folks, the people who are sort of like they they no longer need the CEOs of those teams. You know what I mean? But yeah. they do need the people who actually Construct are the project the managers, right? They need the people who manage the IPs, the people who build the exactly. IPs, the people who create the assets for the IPs. Those people will always be needed. Yeah. And the likelihood is, is as things kind of move across and transition, you know, they've put out a sort of like a, a high level transition plan of when they expect the merger and stuff to be mm-hmm. complete. And, you know, it's probably as all mergers and business go, like it's probably going to take longer than they predict. 
Um, yes. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be it's going to be some interesting growth um, mm-hmm. for sort of like your QA positions, your your dev positions, your artist positions, because like y- you I just want to know when like those the sideways movement comes work. in. Yeah, exactly. It's when right. when does that come in, and and maybe it'll be sooner rather than later. Maybe it will be you know a later thing. It it just right. it remains to be seen. But yeah, it's uh, I know it's a little bit of older news because the internet moves fast, and it basically came out like maybe on Monday or something like that yeah, when, like when just, the actual transaction came out. So, but it's still very interesting. Uh, obviously, they hold a lot of power once everything goes through but there's a lot of properties a lot of ips that i'm personally invested in as a At as a gamer EA didn't buy them so At uh least ea didn't buy them <laughs> it doesn't that matter EA, really microsoft microsoft has a contract with ea you can play ea games on microsoft game pass ea kills studios and companies that they acquire yeah but i don't think they really have the purchasing power anymore to no, because have they killed everything. bought like an activision blizzard i don't think they could have made that kind of transaction in the first place it's true i don't know who they could have bought actually other than like indies which do we know if they're eyeing anybody for acquisition doubt I, I'm not. I mean, no one go. saw, basically nobody saw the Microsoft acquisition. And that's a yeah, much larger market. Nowhere. So I highly doubt anyone's like, um, what's EA up to? <laughs> I mean, Microsoft hasn't exactly been quiet with, you know, acquiring things. Because I mean, just Yeah, but no one saw ago. it coming. Like I'm just saying no. like speculation wise is hard to say. Actually, you know? you know, they did try to buy Discord. Maybe that should have been my first tip off that they were looking about acquiring other things in the gaming space. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Hmm. I mean, you know what I want to acquire? What? No. I want to acquire some goddamn mochi donuts. You know what though? Your if you want to go, you know what? I feel like we should take Angelo in to get his nails done because guess what? I found what? a nail place. Like Aww. it's like a proper beauty salon. They do nails, they do Ooh. facials, they do massage, they do all sorts of things. They even do lashes. And the other half of their shop is a bubble tea cafe. Oh, my God. And they do mochi donuts on the weekends. Oh, Oh my my gosh. So you go, you get your nails done, you get a facial, you get some boba, and you get some mochi donuts? Oh, I'm down. Yeah, and they have a wicked patio for you to sit on. What's a mochi donut? So regular donuts are usually yeasted flour, right? Yeah, it's either cake flour, flour, yeast flour, and fried. But it's it's a wheat flour, right? It's a wheat-based flour. Yes. Uh, so, usually, yes. Yeah. So mochi donuts made with mochi flour instead. So you've got like the so it's rice flour, the chewiness. Yeah, the chewiness yeah, so of like that, that, that rice chewy texture, uh, the glutinous chewiness. Like, so they, there's they, so many ways to interpret like mochi donut that I was like, maybe it's like a donut, donut with, with mochi, mochi on inside. it, or is it a donut made out of mochi, or is it? Yeah, are so they it very fluffy much... like a donut would be, or are they more dense like are, like they're yeah, fluffy? I, they're, yeah, fluffy. they're fluffy. Okay, I'm I'm good but with fluff. But they're still I don't... chewy when you chew on them. Mm, yeah, it's fluffy and chewy, and y- you will often see mochi donuts in anime. Like a lot of the time, when oh donuts are featured in anime, I I had not see had a mochi in donut that, like in that like cert- like it's almost like a spiral star uh, or like a 
it looks like a bunch of Timbits put together in a ring. Put in together a, in, a ring. in a ring. Yeah. So I have not had it a good looks... mochi donut since Osaka Station. And oh my god, it was so good. And they have like really classic Japanese flavors. They have like a milk tea flavor, but they also have an ube. Ooh. And they have a black sesame. Oh. Yum. Really, I've, I really googled good. the image and like I'll post it in our Discord. And like, I Discord yes, posted look... the donuts I got today and damn. Uh, yeah, they're I really mean, they good. good. They're super cute. They're I've I've never had one, but I've always wanted to try them because I always see them in anime. And I, I mean, I I've like mochi, them. so I'm like, there's no reason. Like I've had different flavors of mochi. I'm like, there's mm-hmm. no reason I wouldn't eat that as a. So as a, what as I'm a hearing is donut. we need to have a girls' date. Yes, we are all going to get nails, facials, boba, and and donuts. Yep, we're gonna do it. I think I've had them. I might have been, maybe it was like Taiwan. I don't remember. Taiwan where I've would had have mochi donuts. I mean, Those I was like make. that same trip. I went to Japan. I could have had them in Japan. I just don't remember because such a. We decadent. talked about this last episode. My memory such is just decadent. garbage. <laughs> Late night I really should be the kind of person that takes more photos and like maybe. documents bits of mm-hmm. their life because mm-hmm. it just lost to time. Yeah. Anyway, but, I thought yeah, Angelo would be very interested because he has a thing for donuts in general. Yeah, he's a well, food enjoyer, right? I, I've never yeah. made donuts no myself. No one has ever enjoy enjoyed donuts, food on this podcast. But like, it, that is so much better than the trash that I was eating last night. <laughs> so like, last night, last night, I uh, I indulged in some of the devil's lettuce, and okay. as one does, as one does, uh-huh. I got I got some intense munchies, you know. Uh huh. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, because I hadn't planned ahead, because I couldn't really go and get any any snacks for this, I just had to make do with whatever with what was, was in, in the house. It whatever was in the house, and so there I am, a little bit out of my mind, opening cupboards in the kitchen and being like, "Oh, oh, what can I eat?" There's there's some peanut butter here. <laughs> there's some Nutella too. Oh, I know Nutella where this is, going. is basically basically candy. I I'm actually not a huge Nutella enjoyer because it is too goddamn sweet. It is too goddamn decadent, indulgent. It it it's literally eating. But that's goddamn. Candy that's what's that in uh, a Ferrero Rocher. They're the same I company. I, Very I know, and it fits in a Ferrero Rocher because yes. when I'm having it's a Ferrero a Rocher, I want candy. I want decadent, luxurious mouthfeel. Chocolate. But usually, like, usually, it's not that I don't like it. It's that it's too much, usually. Mm. But, so I was looking at it, and I grabbed I grabbed a, 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 a panini bun that I had, mm. and I cut the panini bun in two. I slathered one side with the crunchy peanut butter. Nice crunch. You're... I've slathered the other side in the new strong feelings. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And so between the nice, the nice crust of the panini, the fluffy bread, the crunchy, smooth peanut butter, the decadent, luxurious Nutella. Good lord, I had such a fantastic, indulgent uh munchies snack last night. Wow. And it was so good. So I, wonderful. I have to I have good to start a tirade here, which is quite frankly, it wasn't enough. But Freaking I will let Jay. Peanut, crunchy peanut butter is an abomination. No. No, butter. take that back right now. Yeah. 
That's no. my favorite. I love crunchy peanut butter. It's my favorite. I think the issue with it is is that it's not as commonly used, so it's hard to get used to it once you once you are normally like a smooth peanut butter user. Oh, okay, that's fair. Like if you start out as a smooth user and then you're like, which oh, is I'm which is almost everybody, to be honest. I th- I think unless your parents or whatever guardians normally purchase the crunch. Okay. You are accustomed to the smooth. Hold so, on. And my, the other, my I think mom, the other issue. No. Yeah. My mom, bless her heart, would just buy whichever one was on sale. So I was exposed to both as a child, and I like both. Right. Which is I feeding exactly both. into what I was saying. But, but I think Jay's absolutely correct. See, that's, I think see, the other problem with it is that it also doesn't get used as much in things like recipes. I guess that is true. So therefore, you have even lower exposure than something like you would buy. Because, like, so when Angelo's mom cooks, she always cooks using crunchy peanut butter, not smooth. Hmm. Um, But she prefers to use smooth on, like, so we have both in the house. She prefers to use smooth on things like toast. I grew up with both. Like, my parents would buy both crunchy and smooth. I like crunchy more. And I Hmm. put crunchy, like... I cook with crunchy peanut butter. I put crunchy peanut butter on toast. I put it on a sandwich. I just like crunchy peanut butter better. So I appreciate the texture of Uh crunchy peanut butter under certain circumstances. Like like last night when I was high, I wanted that crunchy bits of peanut in the thing to add add mouth interest to the dish, you know? Wait, did you not toast the bread? No, I didn't. (laughs) I oh, was too okay. I was I was impatient. You don't understand. Okay. Like I made it sure. sound like some long affair. No, it was like a minute and a half of deciding. Okay. I just wanted to establish something where right the crust now. was coming from. But anyway, uh Nancy but, uh, you were saying uh, both so is important. Both important. Nancy. Very true. Anyway, yes. crunchy peanut butter, as it turns out, is very good for making pad thai with. Oh mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, get I mean, that that's. I think that's just normally. I will say that you're not wrong because pad thai just has peanuts in it. So if you use crunchy peanut butter, it's already just the ingredients already there for you. Yeah, it falls. It falls very well into like yeah. the ingredient class that you need for pad thai. But like exactly. using using crunchy peanut butter just helps like, with the you know the peanut butter. The sauce and it helps with the actual chunks of peanut yeah. that's supposed to be. If in you're, there. So it's like a really nice were, cheater ingredient. If you were to make like a like a peanut satay uh, broth for pho or something like that, use mm. crunchy peanut butter. That makes sense because yes. you already normal yeah. most of the time. If you didn't do that, then you would be you would probably adding some sort of peanut sauce peanuts, and yeah. then adding chopped peanuts anyways. So like save Shoot. yourself the time. You but, just reminded me I haven't had that in so long. Ugh. We should go because cook? I always, especially in winter. I yes. crave pho like pretty much nothing. Like I, I love like hot pot and stuff as well. But like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in just winter, I just want pho like two hundred percent of the time. <laughs> Me too. All the time. Me too. I love pho. At yeah. any given time in winter, are you guys busy? Jay needs a bowl of pho in both. We can't. <laughs> but um, what what are foods? So maybe this is my like I don't like cooking very much, or like I don't I don't cook frequently. Um. But, uh, like, what are foods that you cook with smooth peanut butter? Like, I don't know of anything. Off the top of my head, uh, 
a lot of a lot. In fact, the majority of peanut butter cookies are made with smooth peanut butter. Oh, I've never had a. Um, I mean, I've only ever seen yes. like your mom or my mom make peanut butter cookies with crunchy peanut butter. Yeah, but a lot as of people I like enjoy butter, the smooth, I like chewy peanut butter cookies. Maybe this is why I don't like peanut butter cookies that I buy at the store because yeah. I don't like when they're smooth and not like crunchy. Like I'm, maybe I'm not this a fan of like purchased peanut butter cookies either. So maybe that's. I why. think this is the issue. I think I want. Crunch- I, I just want I just, crunchy peanut butter and everything. I just started I, looking at. at hmm. I just started looking at flow. Oh god! <laughs> now we've done it. It's so good. It looks amazing. I need. I'm. You know what? Maybe maybe pho. pho is on my like my next soup to learn how to master making. Oh, Ooh, that's gonna that that's yes. gonna be a hard one. It's gonna be a hard it's one. More I complicated, started, I think, than most people think. You need bones. Started, you need good bones. Yeah, you need good bones. Yeah. I started very simple. I started with something simple. I started with miso soup because I really like miso soup. I love mm. going Me to too. a restaurant and like getting a side of miso soup. Mm-hmm. And All the time. so one of a, a couple months ago, maybe actually it was probably more like a year ago, I bought some like like soup, like the the, the miso soup. soup packets that was supposed to be like the all in one thing. Oh, and yeah, I tried like the it. Instant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was horrible. I mean, I, everyone, I did yeah, not but people like it. you got to start somewhere. I was like, but I'm going to try that just to see if I get I get what I want. I did not get what I wanted. I got the exact opposite of what I wanted. It was not good. So I was like, you know, how hard can it be to make miso soup at home? Can I do this? And so Answers I, you yes. know, I did some digging. I did some researching. It's not too hard, I would say, but it requires some sourcing of good ingredients, which I think is probably the same for pho, which is like because the base of pho is the bone broth soup. So you need to get and because good it's so bones. simple in yeah. in its overall idea of yeah. a recipe, you need to do it well. You need to do it well or it doesn't taste good. So yes. what I started doing was I was like, okay, well, I'm going to learn how to make miso soup because miso soup is generally speaking, it's three ingredients. It's broth, tofu, seaweed. Great. I can do that. That's simple enough that I can follow an instruction. Like I myself can follow an instruction to make that a three, a, a three, three piece thing is something I can handle cooking. So I was like, I just need to figure out how to make a good soup broth. So mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. was like, well, then in order to make the good soup broth, I need to learn how to make the, 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 the base of miso soup is dashi, dashi stock and miso. So I was like, well, I think, Learning how to make my own miso, which is fermented soybean, is a little bit of an ask. So I'm going to go to the Asian grocery and get myself, uh, you know, miso paste, white yeah. miso paste, because I like white miso. miso. Paste. So I got myself some nice white miso paste, and it, it's mm. great. It works amazing. I, I've used it in tons of soups and, and things. It's great. So I'm like, great. You know, someday in my life, maybe I, I will be ready for the challenge of making my own miso. I'm not there yet. The pre The stuff at the store works. But I was like, I think I can handle making the dashi myself because dashi is, again, it's a very simple soup broth. If I just get the good ingredients for the soup broth, it mm-hmm. would be good. So again, trip to the East Asian grocery. I get a bag of skipjack flakes, um, which mm-hmm. is like dried dried tuna, skipjack yeah. jack tuna. Mm-hmm. And I get mm-hmm. uh, the nice thing about East Asian grocery is like if you want good kombu seaweed, they got tons of it. So I bought some of that. And I learned how to, you know, prepare the broth, which is, you know, you rehydrate the kombu and you mm-hmm. kind of like cook it 
um, just to a boil and you skim off all the foam. Um, and then as soon as it kind of hits that rolling boil, you get the, the, the kombu out of it so it doesn't get all slimy. And then you add in the skipjack flakes and you, 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 you boil those in it. So you get this nice seaweed and fish, this very like seafoody um, mm-hmm. broth. You, 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 um, you strain it. And the amazing thing is not only does it keep in the fridge, it also keeps in the freezer. So it's really easy to just buy the ingredients, the good ingredients. And like, if you make a whole bunch, you can keep it in the fridge. Um, and then when you're ready to, to make your miso soup, you just uh, heat it up to like a low simmer, just under boiling, and, and you mix in your miso paste. And then you can add in um, some wakame seaweed and, and some tofu. Um, and I also got myself a tofu press, a little plastic tofu press. Uh, which makes which makes pressing out the water. Um, I I've been experimenting with different kinds of tofu because you know there's there's medium tofu, there's firm tofu, tofu extra firm, there's silken, mm-hmm. there's you know there's all kinds of different. Some people like to use marinated tofu, and the the tofu press I bought also doubles as if you want to make a marinade to steep your tofu in. Uh, Yum! It, it will work for that, which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like to press the water out of my tofu. Um, I have learned in, in my tofu adventures, because I've also tried recently uh, frying tofu, breading and frying tofu, which mm-hmm. was amazing. Amazing. Uh, one thing one thing I want to say about tofu as well, for a lot of people who are not familiar with tofu or have had like a negative experience with tofu, in a certain context, for example, as like a protein replacement or some other kind of thing... Mm-hmm. which is not what tofu is normally used for anyways in terms of at least Asian cooking. Um, mm, just another except protein. For maybe, except for maybe like Buddhists. They sort of do a whole thing Center, with their yeah. vegetarian uh, yeah. diet. But I will say that uh, the biggest misconception I feel that is out there about people's negative idea about tofu is that it's about tastes. Yeah, that's the that's the prevailing yeah. like, thing. Is, is there are, are things like, like there are recipes where like tofu flavors are you know uh, intense in the sense that there's like fermented tofu, yep. and people will be like, oh, that's really weird or whatever. Or like and, hairy tofu is a thing that will yes. sometimes throw people off. But the number mm-hmm. one thing about tofu is actually just about texture. Yeah, for most types of Asian cooking. Um, like you were describing silken tofu, firm tofu, mm. medium tofu, all this kind of stuff. They're all good. And I wish people had a better idea of that as opposed to when some manufacturer decides to squeeze a tofu patty into a, uh, or a, a tofu square into some sort of patty and then try to make it into some sort of Try to make it a, a chicken meat, a meat imitation. Substitute thing. Yeah. Like tofurky. Exactly. Tofur- it's yeah. not, it's not what it is for or how it was ever designed and how it grew into a type of cuisine within Asian cultures. Yeah. So it's kind of weird, you know, like I get that they, you know, like the, the Q and a, uh, food people were all like, or R and D, I guess. Sorry. Yeah. We're all like, we'll take this thing and we'll just make it work for us. It's like, that's not how it is though. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I'm a big fan. So I, I like, I genuinely like and enjoy tofu. And yeah. I, I like I I grew up in a culture, you know, I'm I'm Jamaican, I'm not East Asian, where like mm-hmm. tofu was not a food that was regularly consumed. It's not mm. a it's not a thing in Jamaican culture. But you know, when I tried it and you know, I had it in East Asian cooking, I was like, oh, you know, 
you know, instead of this sort of like preconceived notion of like tofu as a protein replacement, it was I'm going to try tofu as a as an ingredient in a dish that is it serves a purpose as tofu. It, it is mm-hmm. tofu for tofu's sake. And yes. I genuinely like will always advocate that tofu is an enjoyable food. It just needs to like like any. You food, need to have the right context needs, for it. It needs to have the correct context, and it needs to be prepared yeah. correctly. Um, uh, it, you know, that's I, any I ingredient. You can take you, just like any ingredient exactly. Like you can take the nicest cut of beef, and if you just haphazardly throw it in an oven and cook and it until cook it's brown it to all the shit. way. Cook it until it's brown all the way through. It doesn't taste good. No. You know, and that's just like that's that's trying to make you know a steak do something a steak is not yeah. intended to do. Speaking so I, of... I am a big fan of tofu and and tofu being enjoyed for tofu's sake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of miso soup, as you were bringing it up uh, earlier in this week, and I've, it's it's a place I've been like a dozen times. Like I like it. It's near my one of my workplaces. Um, there's this Korean restaurant. That has like a lunch special, and they Ooh. do uh, like it, it, you get like a stone bowl kind of like sort of like a bibimbap kind of deal, but on the side uh-huh. they also get you soup, and then one's like miso, but then they also do like a miso spicy beef bone Ooh, broth. That sounds yummy. That you get on the side, and it's like when it's especially when it's cold, like you're it just it hits just all the notes, or if you're like inside. sick, and if you need like if you got the stuffy nose, and you just need to clear need it out like it's clear not your whole head out yes and it's not like That's overly spicy well i guess for some people the spice tolerance is different but like it's not crazy spicy it's it enough like, that you can enjoy the enhancement nice of flavor that the spice brings yeah. without it overpowering everything else in the soup yes mm-hmm. but i also love having uh soup in general during like colds or like when i'm just feeling a little icky Soup is like my number one. And I know that a lot of people, I, I think we've talked about it when we talk about food, where people, certain people have, or certain cultures, I would say, focus on things like soup as only things that they eat when they are sick. Sick, yeah. Like soup Which is not a, is a, a meal. It's a feel-better remedy. Yeah. I think I think a- Angela was talking to me, was talking about that once when we were all talking about it as a group. Because, like, I like soup. I love soup. All I will the time. eat soup anytime. Yep. Anytime much. here. Me too. Whether I'm feeling bad, whether I'm feeling good or not. But Angelo was like, I, it's not that I dislike soup. You, you felt like it was more like a thing that you eat when you're sick. Well, it's like a thing that you eat when you're sick. Or it's like a quick and dirty meal that you just get from a can or something like that. Like, like to me mentally that's that's the plane that like soup occupies which is fair different uh, cultures right and for whatever reason specifically distinct from stew where stew would be much thicker more Heartier. more hearty exactly oh interesting whereas yeah. stew whereas soup like chicken soup when you're sick you have chicken soup you're supposed yeah. to get all the fluids i used chicken to like soup chicken soup like i used fluid. to like chicken noodle like soup this. but it's so like the generic stuff that you get from a can is just so like watery and sad. Exactly. That I yeah, would not I like. Even if I'm that. sick now, I would not go to. Uh, yeah, go I'd to not that go as for, my for like chicken standard. Even though yeah, I've had these point. amazing yeah. other soups like pho and ramen and everything like that, at the back of my mind, it's always equated down to this is fancy Campbell's chicken noodle soup. 
And that, and, that's just where soup occupies in your brain, I guess. That actively mm-hmm. works against the experience. Interesting. Yeah, for me, soup Too is bad. like it's a it's a yeah. You're you're missing out because I, I I love I more love soup all for kinds us, soup. man. Exactly, yeah. all the soup yeah. for us. Like for me, soup soup is just like a big hearty meal, and like you know, a broth soup is great for when I'm like sick. Like yeah, to me like. You know, the stuff that you get from a can, that's for when you're sick because your stomach literally can't handle anything else and you just need a way to get some salt and sugar and liquid into your body that your, and your, some protein. your gut and some protein that your your gut can absorb. But for me, like a ramen, a pho, a big hearty stew, a split pea and ham soup or like Yum. a tomato, a nice big tomato soup with like a... a, a a, a grilled cheese sandwich is just like yes. no, I love me a, a chicken corn chowder. Yes, mm-hmm. yummy. Mm. I like making something that's almost <laughs> akin to like a taco soup, but oh. it's got like little Ooh. chunks of uh, Spolumbo's sausage in it. Yum! Oh. And then for like a carb, I throw in some macaroni. Nice. Nancy. Okay, okay. So you just men- mentioned macaroni in the soup, Nancy. I need to ask you. Did you ever go to either, but more likely at a restaurant, I don't think our, it, despite how easy it is to make, I don't think my parents ever made it. I don't know how many other Asian parents ever made it for their kids, but like breakfast macaroni soup where there's like, it's what? probably chicken broth. Like it's so simple because like it's something that you would get in like the equivalent of a Hong Kong cafe breakfast where it's chicken broth, macaroni noodles, and probably thin sli- thin slices of spam. Oh my god! I would try it. I've never heard of this in my life, but I would try that. I've Has had Nancy that ne- for lunch, not okay. breakfast. Okay, so- I've only primarily had it for breakfast, but it's such like a it's a, it's like it's almost like a struggle meal. But you do get it at restaurants. <laughs> yeah, but like it's it's that, super easy to make, and yeah. spam is sounds- like a thing. Oh, I love spam. That I literally just sounds like it's on the same level as like a college student. I, I'm sorry to say this. It's on the same oh, level no. as a like, college it, student it taking pasta, with... putting butter on it, and if they're no, feeling like, really it, fancy, dressing it comes up with, with garlic stuff. powder and pepper. It's usually it's a combo. This, it's usually a combo where you get that. You might get some eggs and some other stuff on the side. You might yeah. get uh, uh, some kind of veggie or uh, butter toast as well. It's yeah, it's common. kind of like, like it's, 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 it's a whole meal thing. It's not just on its, its own. It's a meal that you could do as a struggle meal. Like like the way that you could do like you can do yeah. instant pack like one dollar noodle ramen or yeah. you can go to a restaurant and have like proper nice ramen. It sounds like something that like is like that where you can have like the super quick and efficient like meal or you can have like the proper like yes. nice street food combo meal. And I, and I know that it sounds like like the soup that I was talking about sounds like pretty mediocre. But I would say oh, sure that I still like it over the canned chicken soup that we were just talking about because spam as a meat product is still more substantial than the crap chicken that you get in the. Oh my god! And Campbell's chicken noodle soup can you get like, like freeze dried chunks. chunks of yeah, two and they're bad. They're not doobies. like it's, yeah. there's nothing redeemable about those mm, pieces yeah, of protein no, yeah, other than agreed. the fact that they contain nutrient. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it'll do much. when you're really in a pinch, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll do when it's like, I need a nutrient in my body. And I am dying. If and I, I cannot go to way, a store. 
If I had yeah. another way to get a nutrient in my body, I would choose a different way. Yep, true. Pretty much. And spam is a better way. Even yeah. if people, true. And for people who don't like spam, have you tried to pan fry it? Because I've, I've heard of people just cutting spam, spam from the I can and then putting spam. into a sandwich. That sounds like madness. Yeah, it's I've just fried. never had spam. It it's got to be fried. It needs a yeah, bit. I've of never heat. had spam before. I, I would. Even if I you're would, putting I, it you in just, you just you literally add like some t- depending on the spam brand because some have uh, like they constitute with a little bit more fat in it, so you don't need to put Ooh. oil in the pan. But if oh, you, you don't put, oil, don't need to put oil in the pan with regular spam. Yeah, it depends on which type, right? But like. Otherwise, you just you know you slice it in, into thin slices or whatever you prefer, and like then you just bacon. fry it off. Yeah, you yep, fry it off. Like it gets a little bacon. bit of crunch. Oh, it gets crispy. I like yeah, to break crisp. eggs over mine. Yes, and then yes. the thing that I, I I actually I just wanted to have it because I hadn't had it in a while, which was I did spam fried egg like sunny side up uh, over rice with some soy sauce. It's the yep. It is the simple nutritious baby thing. and it's just just right for when you're just oh. feeling it. And it's so simple. It's just so like it hits the notes. It does. Love it. I hope our listeners learned some interesting foods to try when they're not feeling so hot. All right, let's go get some noodle soup. Bye. See you next time. Bye.